0: Hello, Canada! Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense. Today's date is June thirtieth, twenty twenty-one. It is Tony in Saskatchewan, and Lewis out here in BC, otherwise
1: known as your kitchen oven.
0: When you told me how hot it is there today, I I could not even fathom. Uh, it's disgusting.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh... I'm sitting in my truck right now, and I apologize to everyone who may hear a a humming noise. That's my air conditioning fan, and it's at the lowest setting that I can actually stand right now. Uh, So my truck readout is saying it is 46 degrees, and I'm telling you, it feels every bit of it. Um, The only time I've ever experienced anything like this was on my honeymoon in Cancun, right after Labor Day, which I don't know why. We decided to go to cancun right after labor day but we did and it was 45 degrees with 98 percent humidity so it's it, it was absolutely disgusting and gross at that temperature with that kind of humidity but this outside of that this is the hottest i've ever been
0: yeah that that's awful i've never experienced that and hopefully i don't ever have to yeah you see
1: the Send you uh, the photos of the sidewalks around town.
0: You did well. That 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 surprises me. I didn't even realize that would ever happen. Yeah, the
1: concrete concrete expands in heat, and so the heat is so high right now. The that the sidewalks are buckling all around, uh, all around town, all around every everywhere that I know. Uh, people they're telling me the same thing that this the sidewalks are all buckling. Um, and pushing up because the concrete is expanding so much in the heat.
0: Wow, that is crazy. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. And uh, luckily tomorrow, Canada day uh, is going to be thirty seven here. so it's uh, it's getting back down to a more uh, uh, normal temperature for around here. Um, but this is this forty six degrees is just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that is ridiculously hot. Even 37 is hot, but wow. All right, so thank you for joining us again on a full edition of Canadian Common Sense. Get ready for 45 minutes of unfiltered, unscripted, and for right now, uncensored commentary on Canada's issues. Before we begin, I'll start the controversy and say to everyone across Canada, happy Canada Day, may all three of our founding peoples find some way to unite and move forward as equals.
1: Yeah. uh, Well said. Um, I think we, we need to use Canada day as uh, a unification day, Um, a day for healing, not, not to be ashamed of like the, uh, like the left wing, Governments and city councils in this country are uh, wanting us to feel.
0: Yep, exactly. And on the show today, more Canada Day cancellations becomes a hashtag and some commentary from the left. Two provinces fully reopen on Canada Day. A little more update on the Wuhan virus. Election fever starting to roll across the country at least with nerds like us and bill c36 coming to a court near you where do you want to start sir well let's uh
1: let's just since canada day is tomorrow let's start with the canada day cancellations uh, a number of cities have joined the list of of uh of cities that have canceled canada day um in in bc here um a lot of cities are canceling Canada Day now, but the reasons being given is the heat wave. Um, the uh, the fireworks have been canceled because of the fire risk, uh, all that kind of stuff. I, I I totally understand that, and I'm not criticizing anybody for that. Those cancellations, um, they were just made yesterday, so uh, you know, like this isn't. They they didn't give any. Any uh, other reason than the heat waves, so I believe them. Um, but there are a number of cities across Canada that have joined the this this growing list and uh, and I find it quite funny considering that uh, recent polls have shown that the overwhelming majority of Canadians oppose canceling Canada Day festivities.
0: Yep, absolutely right. And a lot of these cities, or at least a number of these cities, I'll not be be exaggerating. A number of these these communities are using the pandemic as an excuse for why they're going to, to cancel Canada Day this year. And... I keep thinking the pandemic is is over, or at least almost over, but now they're saying, oh, well, because of the pandemic, even though we did have some fireworks last year with no people around, oh, we can't do anything now because of the pandemic that's basically over. I mean, talk about the coward's way out.
1: Yeah, anybody who's using COVID as the excuse for cancelling Canada Day is full of crap. Yeah. They're lying. They're absolutely flat-out lying because – I'm sorry, but the pandemic is over. I Did mean, BC, BC, and Alberta are both fully reopening tomorrow, and it's over. I mean, they're not. It's not full reopenings, but we'll talk about that uh, in the next segment. But, uh, but they're basically fully reopening tomorrow, and and it's over for us.
0: Yep, absolutely right, and of course now the I can't even say punditry, but some of the left wing media are coming out swinging. Now there is a lady who is now a freelancer. She used to be a Toronto Star reporter, uh, Fatima Sayed, who was an immigrant from Pakistan when she was a child, and she wrote an absolutely scathing op-ed. To give some highlights, Canada that is symbolic of white colonialism. Uh, uh, those white European settlers were nothing more than invaders uh, trying to cancel the indigenous culture. And had she known so many years ago what a racist colonial country Canada is, she would never have recommended her family to move here. And to which I say if you moved to Canada, and well, her, her family came from Pakistan, and she had never come here. If you came here from somewhere else. Go ahead and call me whatever you want to call me. If somewhere else is better than here, then go the so hell back where you came from. So,
1: here's where here's what where I have a problem with this is that they chose to come here. She chose to come here. Uh, That's right. Nobody forced you. You chose to come here and you picked Canada because it's better than Pakistan. And I'm going to uh and I'm and I'm going to I'm gonna quote uh Donald Trump here, but where you came from is a bleephole, and you're criticizing our country? I'm sad, but the Middle Eastern countries are so racist, it's ridiculous. You cannot compare our country to one of those Middle Eastern countries, especially those countries that are, you know, run by the Taliban or any of those terrorist organizations. I mean, come on, this is, I can't believe that she said that in in an actual op ed. I mean, that's that's sickening and it's disgusting and um and if she really hates it that bad, find another country.
0: Yep, absolutely right. And what I can't believe is that Lewis just quoted Donald Trump. I, I love it, but I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A broken clock is right twice a day.
0: There you go. (laughs) Uh, But you're absolutely right. And when she criticizes a country and she's welcome to do it because of how great the country is, she's actually free as a woman from a Muslim country. She's free to express her opinion as vitriolic and vile as it is. And she's welcome to express that opinion without retribution in Canada. And in fact, because our government and left and media are so left-wing, she will probably be celebrated for these kind of opinions. Go back to where you came from and try that. Yeah, I dare that, you. Does,
1: that does not happen in Pakistan, I'm sorry, or any of those Muslim-run uh, Middle Eastern countries. Women are third-class citizens and have no right to express their opinions there.
0: Well, exactly. So... Uh, so that's just, that's just warming up, Canada. We're going to get a lot hotter as this show goes on. We'll move on from Canada Day, and Lewis had referred to Alberta and British Columbia reopening tomorrow. So happy Canada Day to our two western-most provinces. Now, Lewis, I'll get you to British Columbia. So a full reopening, and then connect with Moat, Restrictions lifted. So, I don't know how to interpret that, but uh, the master mandate province wide is going to be lifted tomorrow. Individual municipalities have their own ideas.
1: Yeah, um, I'm just again, I'm just gonna have to say that I didn't hear much of what you just said. You were breaking up, but I'm assuming you're asking for what's going on in BC starting tomorrow.
0: Absolutely, okay,
1: um. Tomorrow, most restrictions are being lifted. There are minor, um, there are still some restrictions, but they're so um, kind of obscure that they're really not going to affect very many people. Uh, Masks are no longer required. Uh, um, You're allowed to have like 50 people in your backyard. Um or, or no sorry it was 50 people up until tomorrow up and starting tomorrow it's it's uh basically unlimited number of people you can have in your backyard uh you're allowed to have you know basically i mean it's there is a cap but it's basically as many people as you want in your house um so i mean they've really really lifted pretty much all the restrictions that affect us on a daily basis we're going back to normal tomorrow um the uh they're they're ending the state of emergency as well and uh and I mean I'm celebrating this we're having we're having a barbecue in our backyard in 3 weeks that's going to have 50 or 60 people at it and we're having Corona pinatas for people to beat the crap out of. We're handing everyone a Corona beer when they come through the door. It's we're celebrating the end of this because it's over.
0: Well said, it is over, people, and thankfully. BC and Alberta will begin the reopening process, which will spread across Canada. I don't know dates on other provinces yet. Here in Saskatchewan, it's July 11th, and I'm not sure about other areas in Canada, but yep, it's over, baby.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't think it's ever going to end in Ontario, though. They, they seem to want to hold on to this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've had some of the strictest restrictions in North America, and their restaurants have been closed to indoor dining for better part of a year, if not even more. And they re- briefly opened patios, then closed it again. Then they now they're talking about opening hair salons, but maybe. Um, so yeah, you're right. They don't really know what they're doing.
1: Ontario is going to be in such poor shape when this is all over that it's going to take them decades to recover.
0: Probably. Especially with the debt load that they got from the that they inherited from the liberals.
1: Well, I mean, not to mention the fact that that so many of these small businesses are get, are gone for good.
0: True. Yeah. So that's uh, not going to be fun for Ontario. Quebec seems to be. Uh, Following the same path as BC and Alberta, they they're looking to reopen fully soon. And we saw by the fact that they're packing people into to the Bell Centre for for ABS games, tells you that they're uh, they're ready to rock and roll.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, forget inside the building. How about outside the building?
0: Oh, I didn't hear about that.
1: Oh, they had tens of thousands of people outside the building watching on big screens.
0: Oh, awesome!
1: Like it was packed, and and barely a person wearing a mask.
0: Oh wow! Well, I'm I'm actually really happy to hear that. And yeah, go Habs!
1: Yeah, go Habs! I'm I'm watching I'm watching the games. They're down one nothing right now in the series, but I got faith.
0: Yep, absolutely. Let's bring that cup back to Canada. This would be a great year for it. Uh, team from a. French Canadian city with an indigenous goaltender. I mean, what more, how much more storybook would that be if they won? Yeah.
1: And 28 years since the last time they won the cup, which just happens to be the last time a Canadian team won the cup.
0: Right. Yeah. And there's that. So, uh, yeah. Yep. Which is kind of sad because know. up until
1: 1993, Montreal had never gone more than seven years without winning the cup.
0: Oh, I did not know that little fun fact.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and now it's been twenty-eight.
0: Yeah, so it's so they're they're well overdue. So
1: uh yeah, and we and we and it's not that we didn't have our chances to win cups. I mean we had uh Calgary went to game or went to the Stanley Cup Finals, I believe it went to game seven. Uh Edmonton went to the Stanley Cup Finals, Vancouver went to the Stanley Cup Finals twice, Ottawa went to the Stanley Cup final. It's uh we've had our chances, but nobody's been able to pull it off. So hopefully Montreal can do it.
0: Absolutely. Yep. All right. So we've got some some Canada Day. We've got some reopening. Let's talk a little election. Now, MPs in the final days of this last sitting of Parliament, there were a number of MPs who were not running again, were giving their farewell speeches. Every major federal party leader is talking election. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, "We're we're going to election this fall late summer, maybe early fall, and an issue near and dear to your heart, Lewis, Justin Trudeau decided to talk about gun control, just out of the blue. Did he? He said that the shootings in Toronto are getting out of control and it's time for stricter gun control measures.
1: Oh my god. Oh my god.
0: (laughs) We've had this talk before on the show.
1: This has nothing to do with legal Legally uh, Licensed gun owners Hey this is Oh my god you want me to swear on this show I'm going to start swearing This is <laughs> this is. Oh god I'm so angry I'm so angry this has nothing to do with People who have licenses And who own their guns legally We are everyone And I'm saying we because I'm one of them And so are you This We are We are vetted by the rcmp on a daily basis every day our name is run through the computers because you and i both have restricted licenses so our names are run through the rcmp database every single day this has nothing to do with us
0: That's right, Lewis, and where do you think all these mostly handguns that are used to commit these shootings in Toronto, which are indeed getting out of control, I won't argue that, where do you think these these handguns are are, are coming from?
1: Oh, I, I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say they're smuggled across the U.S. border.
0: Well, that does seem to be the case. Uh, we quoted statistics on this show a few months ago, saying that, in fact, I believe it was... In the excess of 80% of those firearms used to commit those offenses were smuggled in from the United States, and the other 20% were not purchased legally. Let that sink in, Canada.
1: Yeah. No, this is... This, we, are, we are being vilified once again by a liberal government, and it happens every goddamn time they're in power.
0: Yep, and they're they're after us again, and then of course now there's talk about long gun registry, and of course there's talk about an assault weapons ban, but nobody can define what an assault weapon is, because as far as I'm concerned, a hunting knife is an assault weapon, because you can assault somebody with that, and someone with a knife is actually much more dangerous at close range than somebody with a gun, so... Uh, it's just window dressing, and it's just yet one more way to try to take away firearms from legal law-abiding firearms owners who commit fewer crimes than even police officers. And yep. That's a statistic. That's a fact. It,
1: it is a fact that in Canada, legal firearms owners are 300% less likely to break the law than non firearms owners. Correct. And yet, we're the villains. We're the problem.
0: Yep, that is absolutely right. So now, another issue that the government is very likely to be campaigning on is censorship bills they brought in, and we're going to touch on C-36 a little later in the show. They've got C-10 into Parliament now. The Senate, thank god for the senate they've uh they scored the w the senate actually brought us a win by not tabling or not passing c10 and said nope well we'll have to look at it in our next session and if there's an election then we don't look at it at all the next government will have to reintroduce c10 so thank god for the senate to bring us a win
1: yeah no i know i mean it's uh it's pretty damn scary what's going on. And if you want to know why they're coming after gun owners, it's because they're trying to uh pass all this, these laws that are um, tyrannical and uh totalitarian. And they don't want any resistance.
0: Well, then that's, That's entirely possible, because they're certainly going down that road. Now, the CERB is being curtailed as of September. Perhaps we'll have an election at that time.
1: I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it's going to get extended, because it'll be a campaign. Uh, It'll be on the campaign trail, and they'll say they're extending it.
0: Exactly where I was going to go, because I bet you that the Liberals take that CERB and say, this should be a universal basic income. What say you, my friend?
1: Unfortunately, I agree with you.
0: Yep, it's going to do nothing but cost us. So, and you as a business owner, you I mean you see this firsthand how hard it is to try to hire somebody when they're getting paid by the government not to work. yeah,
1: it's it's been a, a real problem for every small business owner I know. None of us can find enough employees some of us can't find any at all and yet we know people are unemployed uh, but they're just this they're, they're staying at home or in my case right now they're going to the beach
0: yeah that's right yeah and they're getting paid for it so why wouldn't they yeah. it's ridiculous yeah.
1: no it's 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 an absolute disaster we're seeing we're seeing uh, inflation numbers right now that are absolutely scaring me to death uh because any product that i've got that has to come from out of country is going to get really expensive the value of the canadian dollar is going to start plummeting pretty quick here because uh you can't we we have been our government has been printing so much money uh it's becoming worthless and it's I mean, what was the uh, what was the inflation rate last month? I think it was over five percent, and normally it's like one point three to one point six. I mean, we're we're getting into hyperinflation territory.
0: Did we not give that warning on this show about a year and a half ago that hyperinflation was coming No, last year? I guess we gave that warning hyperinflation was coming and we had predicted it would be coming over the winter or early spring so we're a little behind on that but it's here Canada batting down the hatches
1: yeah we also predicted the election would be happening this year we I mean we we thought it would be spring but we're we're a few months we our prediction was a few months early but uh, but we were right on that there's an election coming this year
0: I think there's no doubt about it I mean obviously there's been no official call but I did hear one of the pundits on Power Play even give a date. He projected September 15th as the date. And we all heard Justin Trudeau say, oh, Parliament is toxic. We can't get along. We can't get anything done. Yeah. Which, of course, is absolute BS because the NDP rubber stamps everything that Justin yeah. Trudeau wants. Exactly.
1: I mean, if you, if you want to know if there's an election coming or not, and it's when MPs start announcing they're not seeking re-election, you know that they have already decided in caucus that there's going to be an election. And Catherine McKenna has come out and said she is not running again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, uh, yeah. But Mark Carney might be taking her place. So, uh, and he is a man I used to respect. Um it just turned out that he is just as much a uh, blood sucking liberal as the rest of them.
0: Yeah, that is disappointing. And when I learned of some of the the financial interests that he re- represents, That also kind of bothered me because I actually thought he did a good job through the 2008 2009 financial crisis as governor of the Bank of Canada. And then when I see that he's invested in these green energy companies, and then Pierre Polyev nailed him to the wall when he said, you know, asked him why he was supported pipelines in foreign countries but was against pipelines in Canada. And Mark Carney, you know, tried to answer him, but Pierre Polyev being Pierre Polyev didn't let up on him, and I thought that was the best grilling ever.
1: Yeah, and what he meant by that was that Mark Carney is invested in oil pipelines in other countries, but he publicly opposes them in Canada.
0: That's right. Yeah, and uh <laughs> like a true liberal. <laughs> yeah,
1: like a true blood-sucking liberal.
0: Yep, exactly. I'm, I'm sorry so for yet, my... Canada,
1: I'm sorry for my language, uh, like calling them bloodsuckers, but I'm sorry, but they are, I'm, I'm getting so sick and tired of liberals and of dippers uh, that, that I'm just, I am foaming at the mouth. The 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 Their attack on firearms owners, their attack on small business owners, their, I mean, just just wait for it, people. Taxes are coming. More taxes are coming. Higher taxes are coming because they can't get enough money. They want as much of your money as possible, and they're coming after it. They're raising the corporate tax rates because we signed on to this ridiculous G7 uh, 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 worldwide minimum corporate tax rate deal which is going to effectively double the corporate tax rate in Canada. And you might think, oh, well, they're, you know, the big companies, they can afford it. Well, guess where they get the money to pay the taxes? It get, comes from you. When you buy something, they raise the, t- the prices so that they can pay the tax bills that are going to be doubling.
0: Absolutely right. And, Canada, if you think Lewis and I are heated up now, you just wait till we get to uh, our our segment on Bill C-36 later in the show. So right now, I've got an update on the Wuhan virus. Um, Dong Jingwei, who I mentioned in our last episode, who is a Chinese intelligence official who defected to the United States, Dong Jingwei just keeps on giving it up. So uh, we had mentioned on our last show that the Wuhan Biological Institute is indeed a bioweapons research facility, that they were indeed researching gain-of-function on the coronavirus, and as we always say on this show, there's more. Thank you to Matt Palumbo. Uh, I got this off on Gino.com. Not only were is the Wuhan lab a biowarfare research institute, not only did the United States government know that they are a biowarfare research institute, and not only did the United States government help to fund this bioweapon research through the eco-alliance and Dr. Peter Dashak, there's still more. On top of all of this, It's been discovered that there was research at the Wuhan Biological Institute, the one nominated for awards of excellence, researching to target, quote, unique racial characteristics. Let me break that down for you, Canada. Every different ethnicity, so Asian people, white people, black people, brown people, etc., all have different unique characteristics that make them look you know, and uh, grow the way they do. So there was research to target certain racial characteristics of humans. So, of course, being in China, I'm thinking, I wonder perhaps they were researching how to target the Uyghurs, just as an example. How about that?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting... um... Idea. I mean, I, I I would assume that they would try to um, uh, engineer it so that it wouldn't attack uh, Asians as much as it would attack other races. I, I I'm not exactly sure how you would do that. I mean, I know every every race does have specific genetic uh, points that other races don't have, right? I mean, it's it's how they can even tell from a skeleton whether. Uh, the person was Caucasian or black or or uh, or Indian or or First Nations or anything. Oh, yeah, so, good point. Yeah, so right, I mean, yeah, there are genetic things that they can target. I just don't know how you would do that, but I'm not. I'm not smart.
0: So, well, and uh, likewise, and, and I think that when I hear that, then it makes a bit more sense to me. That they were, you know, working on a vaccine when uh, uh, Zhu Yu Zhen had applied for that patent for a vaccine back in February, and then the Canadian angle starts to make a bit more sense to me. And here's where you can call me a conspiracy theorist, Canada, because I'm about to sound like one. We had two Chinese scientists working at the Winnipeg Biological or microbiology lab, sorry, and the only level four microbiology lab in Canada, by the way. I'm not even sure what that means. It just means it's a high security clearance area. And one of the Chinese scientists, as it turns out, actually a People's Liberation Army of China scientists. And these scientists, as was said in the last episode, had sent some different uh, disease virus samples back to China, and then we're marched out of the building and we mentioned in our last show that Ian Stewart, the head of the public health agency of Canada was dressed down for not disclosing unredacted documents. And, 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 and as always, there's more. The cabinet of the liberal party of Canada in the government of Canada cabinet is now suing parliament in order to conceal the records of the security of those Chinese scientists now the whole Ian Stewart thing makes sense why he wasn't talking and decided to take the fall boom
1: yeah I, I don't there's something really really off here and the scary part is, is that Canadians don't even give a crap um and it but but I just there's something really wrong here. I don't know exactly what it is, but the fact that Chinese scientists who are members of the Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party, had clearance to work in our only level four lab is is quite scary. And the fact that they had their clearances revoked and they were walked out of the building. Uh, says that they were obviously doing something that uh, endangered national security. And I, uh, I got to wonder what the hell happened. But we won't find out until those documents are revealed. And the fact that the government is going to the point of suing the Speaker of the House, um, who is a liberal MP, uh, is... Is quite telling in that there's something shady going on here.
0: There has to be something going on. And then, of course, I refer back to when we talked about the Chinese university students in the United States being outed as spies, not all of them, obviously. And then I think, again, my conspiracy angle says, okay, Huawei has invested heavily into tech research here in Canada, and we know that there is CISA's own number says there's no less than 1,000 Chinese spies in Canada. I'm starting to get scared as hell.
1: Yeah, well, and here's the thing. I don't know how many Canadians know this. We've talked about it on the show before, but I don't know how many people actually know this, that Justin Trudeau and the Canadian government still refuse to ban Huawei from our 5G networks, even though not a single 5G provider is using Huawei. They still won't ban them and have even gone so far as to sign deals with Huawei to provide uh, communications equipment for our research and development uh, network in this country, including in our universities. Almost like a well, you guys, the, the telecom companies aren't going to use uh, Huawei. Well, we're going to make sure that we get Huawei in here. That's how it feels.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, could, I could see that. I mean, you're right, because they have absolutely no reason to utilize Huawei anywhere because nobody else is.
1: And, and there's, I mean, there's lots of companies that provide 5G uh, equipment. It's not like Huawei is the only one or that they even make the best. I mean, Nokia, Ericsson, uh, there's, there's a, a handful of companies from Europe, I mean, and Korean, uh, Samsung, they all provide 5G equipment. And so there's absolutely no reason whatsoever for the government to uh, sign deals with Huawei. I don't care if they're cheaper. This is one time I really don't give a crap if the government spends more on different equipment. We don't want Huawei in this country. We don't need Huawei in this country. Huawei is a Chinese government uh, company. And uh, as every corporation in China is, like they all have supposed private owners, but those guys are all just puppets of the Communist Party. And right. uh, and the Chinese Communist Party is on the uh, the board of directors of all those companies, and they are the ones calling the shots. So so don't fool yourselves. Like this is this is bad, and what's going on right now is bad. Like what happened at our lab in Canada, we need to we need to find out what happened there. And and like I said, the scary part is, is Canadians don't care.
0: Well they don't care. And what bothers me is Canadians are only hearing about this stuff on shows like Canadian Common Sense and a very small handful of of journalists that are actually prepared to talk about it. And I guess maybe because Canadians don't care is why why we're no one's talking about it. I don't really know. Well
1: I I, what I I, do know Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that that I don't think it's like that. I don't think that Canadians are not hearing about it because they don't care. I think they're not hearing about it because because the news organizations uh, have a vested interest in Canadians not caring.
0: Well, that's entirely possible, and that's a good way to segue into our final topic for the day. What was thrown up in the window and is going to be a Liberal election platform, or at least a part of the platform. Bill C-36. Now, Canada, I don't expect anyone in our audience to pay attention to what bill number is what. Um, But Bill C-36 is just something we had to call the online harms bill in previous shows. And because we want to bring the homework to you because you're busy, you have better things to do than nerd out political Wonkery, like what we're doing. Essentially, the online harms bill is just another attack on free speech in this country, plain and simple. And if you thought Lewis was mad in our last couple of segments, well, we're both going to fly off the handle right away here. Now, Bill C 36 is designed to, and it says right in the, the legislation, it's going to update Canadian human rights law and update Canadian free speech laws. And Really, what it means is, it is it's going to take away free speech, and then put your make your right not to be offended into an actual human right. Now, Lewis, I know I, I know you had sent me a clip about Aaron Tool's reaction to uh, to T thirty six. Do you want to play that now, or
1: uh, actually, I I don't think that was me.
0: <laughs> oh, well, let me let me look for that clip. Oh wait a okay, minute!
1: Yeah, there is no clip, was in
0: Canada. It, uh, we're i are just kidding. It wasn't even sent to you, I don't think. Yeah, there was no clip whatsoever because Aaron Tools said absolutely nothing about C36. Oh, there you go. All right, okay. Well,
1: you got me. You got me. You got me. Yeah. No, I haven't heard anything from any conservative MPs really on it. I mean, it's. I mean, maybe they're not saying anything about it because it's going to die on the vine but uh, because of the election. But, uh, I mean, it's it's a scary piece of legislation. It basically leaves it up to the government to decide what is offensive and what isn't. And what is offensive can be taken down off the Internet. You can be punished. You can be fined ridiculous amounts of money. $20,000 for the first offense. $50,000 for the second offense. Like this is, and and all you need is one complaint from somebody about something that you said or wrote or recorded online, and all in the government will review it and decide if you're guilty or not.
0: That's right. There is a nine panel or nine person panel in the CRTC, Canadian Radio and Telecommunications Commission, that or unelected, by the way, that will get to decide your fate. Now, I don't understand why Conservatives federally aren't jumping up and down about this as a free speech issue because it is a free speech issue because all you have to do is, well, I guess you say something the government doesn't like. But it doesn't even start there, Canada. As we always say, there's more. This legislation is great if you're a communist fascist dictator, that is, because your your accusers don't ever have to come forward. The basis of Canadian law is that you have the right to face your accuser. Well, not with Bill C-36, you don't, because I can make an anonymous complaint that Joe Blow said something on, on, on the radio that I found offensive. And that's all it takes. The Human Rights Commission will then go and investigate Joe Blow. And if they decide that Joe Blow has said something that is indeed offensive in their terms, then they go after Joe Blow to shut him down. And, 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 I, as the accuser, can receive up to a $20,000 reward for reporting that offensive remark on the radio. What? What? yep how do you Thank like you. them apples we can make a career out of reporting offensive speech i didn't know that
1: i i thought i know you a, didn't that's it, why i, I brought it, was, it
0: up now i thought it was
1: a twenty thousand dollar fine that went to the government
0: i thought that too but then i heard uh, an interview with uh andrew lawton and um yep i was wrong
1: oh my god that's that's even worse like it's bad enough well, that it. the government would be collecting the twenty thousand dollars, or if it's a second offense of fifty thousand dollars, the fact that the money actually will pass through the hands of the government and go straight to the uh, the person who accused you of it, and doesn't even have to show their face or even find out what their name is, they get to collect the money.
0: Absolutely,
1: this is this is like communist
0: bullshit. It's totally communist bullshit. And the worst part about it is, well, I guess that's, that's bad enough. I mean, that that part about it is bad enough. But there's more, Canada. Oh, my God. Not only can somebody snitch you out because they don't like what you may have had to say, but before you even say anything, Canada, I can go to a human rights tribunal and I can say, I'm worried that Joe Blow is going to say something that is going to offend me, and I can go to any provincial judge and ask for a peace bond to be taken against Joe Blow without any charge whatsoever. And that will include conditions such as he may have to agree to wear an ankle bracelet, have perhaps any legal firearms he owns, confiscated, have non-contact conditions, possibly even house arrest. And if Joe Blow says, that's absolutely insane, I haven't said anything wrong, I refuse this peace bond. Joe Blow, you can go to jail for up to 12 months for refusing the peace bond for a crime, quote-unquote, that you have not even committed. Hello, Minority Report.
1: Uh, this oh my god
0: yeah oh my god this is and so bad. then like
1: this is really bad like it's a really good thing that there's going to be an election to kill this because honestly canada like if this goes through i'm leaving the internet canadian absolutely common sense, I am. canadian common sense will be gone my presence on there, Facebook, you know, Twitter, any of those things, I'm off it. I'm gone. Like, this this is... This is scary. Like, this is beyond scary. Like, I can't believe... Well, it's, it's those provisions, I can't believe those provisions are even in there. Like, to say that you... They're afraid that they're gonna be... That they're gonna say something that offends you, so... You are found guilty before you ever do something you may never have even done. And simply for the fact that exactly. you're hurting someone's feelings, which which is not a crime. You have no right not to be offended. There is no human right that is afforded to you that says you have the right not to be offended. There's no no such thing and this is this is yeah you're right minority report like the movie minority report with uh, Tom Cruise where they it's like they predict crimes that are going to happen and you get arrested and charged and sentenced for it without ever having done it and it's I mean this is what country are we living in
0: well, that's just it. And what bothered me after listening to that that interview, and I thought about is, a, we mean, yeah, we're headed right down the road to fascism, but b, why is it that the only people speaking out against this kind of stuff and in favor of free speech are people like Andrew Lawton, Canadian Common Sense, Brian Lilly, Ezra Levant, uh, you know, a very small handful of people who are actually Saying there's something wrong here, and we need to defend our free speech. We need to defend our right to uh, to express ourselves, freedom of expression. Why the hell is it just a small handful of 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 us conservative types, or even just us libertarian, free thinking types, that are actually speaking out? What the hell, Canada? Yeah, I'll
1: add one more in there. Post millennial.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that they, uh, They're they're they're, they're a good one. Yep. You bet. Yeah.
1: But I don't know. I, I mean the thing is, here's the here's the problem with with left with left wing people, whether they're politicians or they are voters. And you're seeing this in the US right now with the Democrats. But every single time a left wing party takes power, they want to make they they want to pass laws that make it so that they can control thought and expression. They want to make they want to make changes to the way people vote. They want to make changes to uh, the way that um, that elected officials vote, or the you know their ability to stop uh, legislation from passing. They want to change the rules to make it extremely easy for the governing party to make changes. What they forget is that they're not always going to be the governing party. They seem to think they will be. Right. They seem to think that if they make these changes and they've ch- and, and all of that, that they'll remain the governing party for all eternity. But they, they won't they never are because they screw up they mess up people want change they vote in someone else and then they'll complain that those that the conservatives when they're in power take advantage of the stuff that they passed and made law and you know changed to make it easy for left wing parties to to accomplish their goals like in the US right now the democrats want to eliminate the filibuster when they've used the filibuster more than the Republicans ever have in in the uh, in the legislature, and they used it to stop several pieces of legislation when Trump was in power, but they want to get rid of it now so that they can pass their uh, their their uh, uh, bills and their laws and their their uh, bailout packages and everything. But they forget. They're not gonna be the governing party forever. And the next time they need to stop a piece of legislation, they won't have the filibuster. And the same thing happens here in Canada. I mean, they they wanna now they they, like they wanna change voting, make it so that 16-year-olds can vote and all that kind of stuff. It's it's getting ridiculous, it's insane, and left-wingers can't think past their noses, because they don't realize, oh, you know, the conservatives are going to be in power soon because it always happens. And we just made it easier for them to be racist because that's how they think. They think all right. conservatives, conservatives are racist. Well, that's, and, that, and that's what's going to happen. They they, they they always think that they're going to be the governing party forever if they can change the rules enough. And you can't change the rules enough without it becoming a communist dictatorship to prevent another party from winning.
0: Well, you're right. I mean, one day the Conservatives are going to have a leader who's worth voting for. They don't now, but one day it will happen. And yeah, and then they will use all those exact same rules against their opponents, ideally inject some common sense and get rid of some of them, and the pendulum will just swing the other way. I hope so. And I hope so, too. So, uh, well, it looks like we're pretty much at our time here Canada, so uh, we'll leave you on a sour note again. Please, I beg you with the humblest of, of, of respect, even just to check out Bill C-36, or at the very least, just take our word for it and defend your free speech while you still can. Let me speak up. Call your MP, call your MLA, MPP, depending which part of the country you're in. And don't be afraid to say that C36 is a bunch of crap and it needs to be gone.
1: Because without free speech, you don't have freedom. It is the core principle of a free society.
0: Well said. Yeah.
1: Well, Canada. All right, I'm. Uh, I, I don't know if I can yell anymore. So, this is Lewis and BC <laughs> signing off. Have a good. And have a great Canada Day, and uh, and uh, and a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.
0: And happy Canada Day from Tony in Saskatchewan. and Tony.